Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again is Mike Lockman, formerly the head coach at Sauhegan, now uh, coaching in, in lands far away and, and sports far away, or distant. <laughs> Little uh, kid flag football for my son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> coach, thanks again for, uh, for joining me. Absolutely. Uh, we're once again recording this at Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. Uh, you can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, the show will be available Wednesday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. All right, so last week, uh, you know, we got back into the groove a little bit. Yeah. Um, hit a few bumps, but I think we made it through our Division One. Uh, uh, I guess you, we could say preview, early preview. Um, this week, kind of take a look at the rest of the football landscape now, the other three divisions, now yep. that we have Division Two, Division Three, and Division Four. Um, plus, maybe talk a little bit about the, uh, of course, we've got the Queen City Jamboree coming up on Friday. Yeah. Kind of the unofficial start to the uh, the real, you know, the, the regular season. Yeah. Uh, as we'll get to see a lot of teams um, who have only been practicing for about, uh, what, 12, 12 days at that yeah, point. Yeah, just been hitting since Saturday yeah, as we record yeah. this on Tuesday. So Yeah, so could be um, could be kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah, it could be, although there's some really interesting – I'm looking forward to getting to the, the Jamboree piece because there's some interesting matchups there that could be pretty fun, and, and you know that I love that event, so uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll be there to watch that. That's it's a, a great day to kind of get an idea of, of who, who has what uh, going into the season. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I, I personally like it because it gives me an opportunity to take a lot of pictures of teams that, uh, or just start out the year with a ton of pictures and, yeah. you know, y you'll see them up on the site, uh, throughout the year and wonder, wow, how do you get to so many places and get so many teams? Well, yeah. th this is how the, the jamborees. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, like we said, we're going to take a look at, uh, starting with division two, of course, the big changes there, uh, no more Wyndham. They moved up to Division One, yep. uh, taking their place. You had Alvern uh, moving down. Um, they go into the South Conference. The division, which was at 22, to 22 teams two years ago, was 21 teams last year, is now at 18 teams, two nine-team conferences. Honestly, I think that's probably where it should have been the last three years. Yeah. I think 20 teams was would have been okay, 22 was too much. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, it, it, you know, when you ever get in those situations where you, you don't have the opportunity to play everybody on a schedule, it, it always leaves those little question marks at the end of the year about, oh, what if, you know, what if Pelham had matched up against Milford or something like that, right? And, and so you, you won't have that this time. I'm sure there'll be some other drama, but we won't have that this time. You know, in the, you had it, teams made it in based on their ratings, um, you know, like you said, not everybody playing everybody else. You know, of course, the, the one that sticks out in my mind, Hollis, the last couple of years, not playing St. Thomas, not playing Milford. Yeah. Being a playoff team. Um, you know, who else didn't play? I'm um, drawing a blank on some of those teams. But, oh, in the north last year, Plymouth and John Stark not playing each other. Right. Um, you know, they had to or had an epic game the year before. Yeah. So you now this year, you know, a nine game schedule with the even number of teams. No more buys. Thank you. Thank thank God for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and everybody plays the rest of the conference once. That's eight games, and then you play your one crossover, crossover game, yep. and that's the ninth game. Um, but, you know, we're, we were, you know, before we get started here, we are kind of doing some pregame chatting and um, really just feeling like 
maybe the the there's no team that feels like it stands out uh, in Division Two above the rest. Maybe no, you know maybe there's a few favorites. Yeah, of course Plymouth. I think you have to throw out there uh, Hanover. Uh, you throw out there St. Thomas. Uh, you know Pelham had a great uh, end of the year last year. Yeah, but. You know, I, I don't know if there's any one of those teams, at least where we are right now, that, that you look at and say, that team's going to be a UNH. No, I, I agree. I think they all have question marks. I mean, it's hard to doubt Plymouth based on their recent history and, and their program history. Um, but they've got some big shoes to fill, um, and, and they've done that successfully over the course of the year. So I think your assessment of them is right. They'll, th- that's probably one you could talk about. St. Thomas in the south, um, they lost a lot, too. They lost... Uh, Tim Bouchard, who was one of the best players in the state last year, but then you return uh, Sean DeCorn at quarterback, who's kind of a two-and-a-half-year starter. He got some trigger time um, as a sophomore, and he was pretty good even as a sophomore, so that ends up being a good uh, a good add. And then there's a running back, Edwin Estevez, um, who I think is a pretty solid player that's going to emerge for them this year. Um, you mentioned Pelham, which, you know, I go back to – my days at Sauhegan, there was a very similar season we had had to Pelham season last year, which was we were five and three or whatever and, and sort of lost by a tiebreaker just like Pelham. And we came back the next year and we're seven and one. Um, you know, Pelham brings a lot back from a pretty successful team last yeah, year. Yeah. I think they're hungry. They're probably a little disappointed that they didn't break through. So they'd be dangerous. And the fourth team you mentioned was Hanover, who only graduates five seniors. Yeah, by my count, and and one of them was a kicker, a really, a really good, good kicker, <laughs> who was the star of the Chad game. But still, um, so those are four teams that right off the bat you you could say, yeah. hey, yeah. Um, but I think the rest of the landscape is pretty even. Yeah, you know, of course Plymouth losing. Uh, you mentioned who St. Thomas lost there, but Plymouth, of course, losing uh, Garrett Maycomber. Yep. Um, you know the. Gatorade Player of the Year as a junior two years ago. Yep. Uh, another solid season last year, leading Plymouth to, to back-to-back championships. But they lost, you know, a, a handful of other kids. You know that that just really that contributed to both those teams. Yeah, Jordan you know. Dosen was just a phenomenal athlete. Um, yeah, uh, Ben names. Olmstead, yep. uh, Colby Moore, Isaiah Crane. Um, you know, just a, a ton of seniors on those two t- those teams. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's hard to count them out. I, yeah, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, they they have been very good at filling shoes. The the thing that'll be interesting for me to see with with Pelham is you know we talked um, you know about the, the the way they ended last year and and it was really behind the defense. You know they shut out their last four opponents. Didn't yeah. give up a point in their final four games, which helped them win. The, you know win four in a row to end the year and almost get in. Yeah. Um, probably the most impressive of those was holding. Hollis Brookline that was averaging probably about 30, 40 points a game oh, to, to nothing. Right. Um, and the Sauhegan, which was a, a, a pretty good playoff team last year, gave up 40-something, I think, right, uh, in right. that the regular following season week. shootout. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you think about Pelham's defense against Hollis, mm-hmm. um, that's really impressive. Yeah. Um, but I think most of their, their, their defense was that good largely because they had a number of seniors on that side of the ball. So graduating some of those kids, I know – their offense was a little young and inexperienced last year. They do bring back some really good talent. Um, you know, the kids that kind of stand out to me, Brett Lindsay, yep. um, Charlie Caton, uh, who was also a very, very good lacrosse player, but yep. kind of a, a kid who was, uh, you know, didn't touch the ball a lot last year uh, on offense, but, you know, was able to do 
some pretty amazing things when he did get the ball. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I do think they'll be right there. Um, you know, and then and then Hollis Brookline, we've kind of yeah know, talked about. You know, they could be kind of a a dark horse team in a sense. Um, you know, they they got a very experienced quarterback by default from last year. Yeah, Sander uh, Wimmer, yeah. Uh, who's a tremendous athlete, just football athlete, right? I think he just happens to play quarterback, but. Stepping as a sophomore into a into a, a system like Hollis Brookline runs, it's very quarterback dependent and focused. And you step in for a guy like Joey Delaney, mm-hmm. who I think was the league's best QB. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no offense to the the fellow over at Conval, who was also really really good, but yeah. Delaney was good, and he stepped and, in and and they lost him on the I think the seventh play of the year yeah. last year for the season. Um, yeah. So you get him, yeah. Brandon Iodice is back at the running back position, which they haven't really utilized that position very much traditionally, but he's a really good football player on both sides of the ball. Well, and then Quentin Wimmer. Uh, right. You know, uh, they're, they're what, twins, right? I think they're twins. You know, he's uh, he was a, a, a reliable receiver for, you know, kind of like in the in the way that, that Brian Delaney the was Delaney, for Joey Delaney right. two years ago. Yep. You know, Quentin was, I think, last year, almost to the point where uh, it was a – detriment at times because yeah. that's you know that was the comfort level was yeah. there going was there, there was yeah. there too much but you got to I think the big question for Hollis I think Hollis's skill position people match up with the best of the league probably I think the big question will be how do they reload up front losing um Maloney who was a captain of the Shrine Bowl team and they lose um who was the other big lineman that they had that was a wrestler who was a uh, uh, Clem Sherwood, Clem Sherwood yeah. was a really yeah. solid three-year uh, three starter yeah. for them. He went both ways, too, was was a, a force on defense. Right. He might have been better defensively than he was on offense. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a question of how they can reload on the offense, if, if they reload, and, and how they reload on the offensive line. You know, um, and then you, we mentioned Hanover uh, in the north being a, a bit of a – a challenge for Plymouth. Um, both went undefeated in the regular season last year. You know, in Hanover, I you know they I forget which lineman challenge it was, but one of the bigger ones, you know, of the off season, they went up there and won that. Yeah, they this walked year. away with it. I think. Um, you know, it's, it sounds like they're just going to be a big bruising kind of team. Yeah. Um, and what uh, what Coach Cavallero has done with them, you know, from what what I saw when I was coaching was that they're just. They're a lot like a Plymouth in that they're very disciplined. It's an 11-man game. You know, they're not relying on a quarterback to make plays or a flashy receiver. They're generally 11 guys blocking and tackling and faking hard and doing all those little things right. That's that's dangerous in a, in a division like Division Two. Yeah. They, of course, um, you know, going into the preseason, I believe, had a, uh, you know, three-person quarterback competition there between uh, – Mason Winter, Simon Roach, and, and, and Caleb Morse. You know, not sure how that's how that's shaken out up there, but you know, those are kids that that all sound like they're you know they're upperclassmen. Yeah. Um, probably know the system very well. And uh, they're hosting a jamboree tonight, yeah, so yeah. may find out a little bit more. Right. As we're recording, as, this. as you're yeah, as yeah. you're uh, or as you're listening to this Wednesday morning, you know, maybe you uh, maybe you get a chance to surf around and see how um, how that went. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone. Um, so I think we covered probably the teams that might you might expect to be the favorites. Of course, there, you know, some teams that that, that I think, um, you know, maybe at the end of last year we looked at and said, well, that team's going to be good. The one that kind of stands out to me is is John Stark. Yep. You know, at the end of last year, you know, they were an, uh, second year in a row they're in the playoffs, first two times in program history. Um, you know, you look at it and say, well, they've got you know an experienced head coach coming back. 
they've got an experienced senior quarterback coming back. And now here we are, you know, Rod McQuarrie's stepped down at the end of last season. Yeah. His son Parker McQuarrie is, you know, left the the program to go uh, play at, at I believe St. Paul's school. Yeah. You know, was getting looked at from. Uh, I think the one I I tweeted or texted you about the other day was, uh, you know, was my alma mater, Pitt. Yeah. Um, offer gave him an offer uh, last week. I know he's he, what has picked up other ones from Michigan and yeah. I'm sure a number of other other programs. Um, you know, so that's a. I mean, that's a huge hole. Yeah. To to replace and uh, you know maybe. I have a feeling that if he had stayed, it was probably going to be a team that that where he needed to play his best. Yeah. For them to to you know have a a legit shot. Now it, I think it might be a little bit more of a struggle. Yeah. I, my impression with them is they're kind of bringing back half and losing half, and that's a tough half to lose. I mean, lose your quarterback again. They've traditionally kind of been a quarterback dependent type of system. Um, at least they were under Rod. So uh, I would imagine. They, they were planning on continuing that. I don't know how that's going to look, but they've got some rebuilding to do for sure. But they could be in it, though. I mean, it, I think th- from what I've heard, they're pretty tough up front. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. can that can hide a lot of evils depending on how you choose to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the other teams we didn't mention were uh, Milford. Yeah. Who had an uncharacteristically down year last year. You know, that's not usually there as consistently competitive as, as any team in the state. Right. Um you know, you've got uh, – I don't – but th- I think they – even from a two-win team, they lost a lot of those. Yeah, lo- they yeah. were senior heavy, which yeah. could be good um, if, th- if those were kids just biding their time that are going to come in and fill shoes now. You've got Gavin Erda mm-hmm. um, comes to mind. Yeah. Who's a the latest in the in the clan. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, talent, very um, – you know, we saw it more uh, – I saw it more this year, th- last year in basketball and lacrosse, just a – a really talented kid, yeah. uh, athletically, just like you know his his brother, just like Harrison and Max, right? Yeah. I, I, uh, I I heard that he's an excellent lacrosse. Yeah, player. he was kind of there when I saw them. You know, he was kind of the uh, taking faceoffs for them, which yeah. was kind of something that he picked up along the year. Um, you know, being one of their biggest offensive threats as a uh, I believe as a sophomore last yeah. year. Um, so yeah, you know, he I was a, an all-state kick returner, which is usually just a testament to, hey, that kid's a great athlete. Let's get him on the list. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see whether he transitions to the quarterback role for Milford like his, his brothers had done yeah, um, or whether they continue to use him as a skill player. Yeah, um, I don't know of any heir apparent to the Milford long line of incredibly linemen. good linemen, right? You had I, Michael yeah. Boucher. You had uh, Hughes uh, a couple well years ago. And in ago. between, um, Palladino was in there. Palladino, right. Um, and I'm, and, I and w- probably it would further no, back. It would, I know that it, there definitely was, you know, prior to, 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 to Travis Hughes, but I'm, I, it would take me uh, probably about a good 10 minutes to yeah. go back and look, and then I'd fall down the rabbit hole. And right. And that just, yeah. You'd be sitting here kind of <laughs> trying to kill it, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes on your own. We could do that. And, and, and then Sauhegan, also uh-huh. uh, in the same area as Hollis Brookline and Milford, uh, both geographically right, and, I right. think, in, in the landscape, which would be, that, you know, they lost a big senior class, a very talented senior class, um, but they bring back Trey Johnson, who was an outstanding athlete for them last year. And, yeah. uh, and I think one of the best defensive players in the division um, is going to be Jacob Grasset, who plays linebacker for them, yeah. um, who's just a really throwback kind of kid um, in terms of the way he plays and, and leads. So uh, Division Two is going to be fun this year. Well, and then and then of course the team that that you know we always seem to overlook, uh, Bo. Bo, um, right? <laughs> you know, uh, making it to 
back-to-back championship games as you know two years ago as the seventh seed yeah. last year is the eighth seed going into Wyndham and, and knocking off a Wyndham team that lost two games in two years yep. um, I'm know, sure they it, love the fact that we overlooked probably them. yeah but I I mean it's you know last year they at least had a, a good amount of returning kids that that played in that championship game I don't I mean this year they must because the roster from last year wasn't huge but they lost so many seniors, inclu- including you know Matt Harkins, their their quarterback from the last two years. Yeah. Um, I'm drawn Jack Jack Corvo, you know the kind of the the emotional I think leader on yeah. on, the, on both sides of the ball. I mean that's the a, name you think of yeah. when you think of Bo's success. Yeah. Over, yeah. I mean I I saw them play in the regular season last year against John Stark, and he got hurt. I want to say at the end of the s- the first half of that game, hurt his hand. I mean it looked ba- it looked bad. Uh, especially the way they were looking at it on the sideline. And you could see they got deflated a little bit. He ended yeah. up coming back and playing uh, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, somewhere in there, and they got a bit of a boost. So, I, I mean, he was a big part of, of what they did on both sides of the ball. So that, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't ever say that, that a, a Paul Cohen team is yeah, out of it's it. It's going to be a non-factor yeah. at this point. Um, so I think they're going to be in it, but... Yeah. How much does that, you know, how in it are they going to be? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and when will they rise up like they have in the past couple of years? You know, it's interesting, too. The other thing we forgot to mention about Division Two's change is uh, it wasn't just Wyndham moving out. Laconia moved out. Laconia, Lebanon, Hillsborough, yeah. Deering, Hopkinton. Uh, and, I'm bl- and Trinity is back with a varsity program, but they are in Division Three now. Right. So, you, you, yeah, you lose one team going up, um, four teams going essentially going down yeah to get to 18 um you know and alvern coming in of course right um and that, i mean we haven't even mentioned them i right. mean y- you got to expect that they're going to at least make some kind of noise being a a division one team you know a, a pro a school that has you know 1200 kids in it you'd, you'd expect that they'd be somewhat competitive playing against a lot of these uh Smaller yeah. schools. Yeah, I don't know enough about what they have coming back other than, you know, I know they dropped down in the old six-division format from two to three at one point. And, um, and they struggled a little bit even in three, but three was really strong at that particular. I mean, that, right, that, yeah. that was when three still had. That was, what, Goffstown? Uh, yeah, Goffstown was still there, Bedford, you know, so uh, it was like. Hollis was, was very good. Yeah. Milford was good. Sauhegan was good. It, that was yeah. a tough, was a that d- was a tough time d- to drop division, down to the yeah. D3, right? Yeah. Uh, there was another uh, another group I was oh and then we got the you know the the kind of interesting storyline up there uh, in Merrimack Valley yes um, a familiar face to you absolutely uh, coming back to the coaching ranks yeah Joe Raycraft taking over uh, after Jim Cole had stepped down and uh, you know there's one thing that you can be sure of there is that they will be disciplined well schooled and they will be extremely. In terms of class and sportsmanship, they'll they'll get it from Joe, um, one of the true gentlemen, and and uh, you know somebody that as a player you you often idolize your head coach. Well, I mean, I got into coaching because of my respect for Coach Raycraft. So uh, hopefully the the players and the parents at Merrimack Valley realize just what a what a gift they have. That whether Joe's there for a year or whether he's I mean, there he, for ten, he, he <laughs> has he has some familiarity with that program too mm-hmm. because. Uh, his son, Bill, who's now at Wyndham, started coaching there before Wyndham opened, and he became the athletic director, football coach there. He coached at 
Merrimack Valley, and, and Joe helped him out a little bit too, right? Yeah, I think so, and I think and I think Joe's also uh, Joe Raycraft has also done some coaching in other sports at Valley. Um, you know, whether that was uh, softball, I, I can't quite remember, but I think he's I think he's chipped in a little bit at Valley here and there. Not not my what I would pick as my retirement place, <laughs> but I'm not. You know, we're all a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, they'll be they'll be interesting though. They're at John Stark, uh, week one. There's a couple of interesting week yeah, one matchups. Yeah, let's take a look at um, you know what we've got. I mean, of course, you know the 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 one that probably um, you know most people might have circled is that St. Thomas at Sauhegan game. Yeah. Um, they played well, maybe one of the better games in Division Two last year. Yep. Um, back and forth game at coming the very down end to of back and forth. Yeah. Right? To a, what a kickoff return I think for. I think, it was, I think it was two exchanges. Uh, you know, maybe one got down to the 12 yard yeah, line. The other yeah, was two in, big kickoff yeah, returns. Yeah. Um, but, you know, St. Thomas won that one late. Um, Alvern at Pelham, I, I, I think, is. I mean, it's an intriguing game to it me is, because yeah. of how good we expect Pelham to be, I think, this year and just what exactly. I mean, uh, Alvern, you know, you mentioned a couple of years ago when they moved down to Division Three. The one thing I'll say is talking to a lot of coaches they had a target on their back yeah, oh yeah. regardless of how good they were absolutely they were the big boy everybody else wanted to prove themselves i can tell you we them. had that discussion we said hey i don't care what we do but let's let's show up well against alvern <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly um <laughs> you know hanover at kennett could be i you know don't to know too much about kennett they always seem to be very competitive yeah um you know the last couple of years i think in this in this division format they were you know, around 500, um, kind of in it, but, you know, had a ways to go to, to, to really get a playoff berth. Um, you know, I, I think we'll learn a lot about them based on what they're able to do against Hanover to open the season. Those are Friday night games. Yeah. Um, You've got um, Milford at yeah, Hollis Milford. Brookline. Mil is that a f I, I've seen that as two different times, as a Saturday afternoon and a Friday night game, so I'm not sure. I believe it's Saturday afternoon, Saturday but w I, we'll have to verify. But, you know, that's a great one because that's that – that you mentioned at the beginning they, of the show that they haven't played in the yeah, last couple of yeah. years, which is – I mean, they're 12 miles apart, right? And that was a pretty good rivalry, um, certainly a good basketball rivalry right. that carries was, over into football. And I believe – I mean, there was one year recently where Milford was a playoff team or, or was trying to be a playoff team. And and lost to Hollis for twenty thirteen the year yeah yep. yeah um, and then also on, on that Saturday uh, you mentioned Merrimack Valley at John Stark but also yep. Bo at Plymouth um, yeah <laughs> that's to probably open the that season game. yeah uh, you know I, I I don't again we don't really know both teams lost a lot I mean they're going to look a lot different from uh, from the teams that were on at, at the field on uh, um, on the field at UNH but um, you know and and one team a couple teams we didn't even mention yet. Uh, sorry about that. Teams, no, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Conval and Kingswood open the season in what seems to be a like I feel like they've played each other every year in the regular season going back like you know six or seven years or something. Which or is a maybe, weird one because there's yeah, no geographic. Yeah, there's no yeah, thing there yeah. to tie them. You know, um, you know, Conval really uh, kind of in a tough spot. You know, losing Paul Lando as the head coach. Um, Late in the summer, do a great job. Yeah, yep. um, Now the AD at Belmont. Yep. Um, Kingswood, you know they struggled the last couple of years, but they might have one of the better players in the state in in uh, a running back linebacker named Cameron Mann. Yeah. Um, see how far one guy can kind of get you, um, and then Manchester West, kind of in a, a similar situation last year with Jamison Mayhew. 
He's back for senior year. And he's they play, really good. They play Sanborn, also has a new head coach. Yep. Uh, Mayhew was kind of the, I mean, there's guys that carry the load, and then there's guys that carry the load and clean up the sideline and drive the bus. And, you and know, that's him. That's what he does. I mean, yeah. and, and especially in that single wing, wing offense that they were running last year, don't know if they're going to stick with that. We'll find. We'll actually find out Friday in the Jamboree. Yep. First game uh, up. First game they play Trinity. Um, so that should be should be pretty interesting to see just how good they are. But they, you never know. They they could you know get um, maybe start to turn the corner on some things. They there. seem to have some renewed energy last year, despite what the schedule set. You know what their what their record was. I mean they they were more competitive, and I think they showed up um, like they were having a lot of fun last year. And that, I mean that's eighty percent of it. Yeah. So yeah, West could be interesting too. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we just mentioned, Trinity they are going to have a varsity season this year thank uh, god good for them after last year you know dropping down to jv just because there were not enough numbers uh in the program um at least according to a uh you know roger brown's column the other day in the union leader uh 39 players um yep. out for practice last week um you know uh, not really a, no a good number for division two but i think division three where you're playing some of the, the, the smaller schools yeah um I if think that's a, yeah. Good if number they have for a them. good mix too, where it's not just you know it's thirty nine of them and thirty of them are sophomores yeah. or something, yeah. right? If, if they have yeah. a good mix, that's a good number for competing in that Division Three, which yeah. is going to be a competitive division in its own right. Yeah, as we said, you know, Laconia, Lebanon, uh, Hillsboro, Deering, Deering, Hopkinton, all moving down. Which I think, I mean, they should have been down there to begin with. I think Hillsboro. Hillsboro yeah, 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 probably. It's tough um, to start a program. Yeah, up in, yeah. In that D two um, that was. You know, they're down there. Kearsarge this year actually co-oping with um, um, Mount Royal Academy, I believe it is. Really? I did yes. not know that. Um, in the, I believe it's a school, private, you know, private Christian school in the Sunapee area. Yeah. Uh, um, somewhere between there and, and, and Kearsarge. Um, you know, so that should be, that's another new you know, co-op after we yeah. talked about last week about Portsmouth and Oyster River. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is going to be the, the Clipper Cats. Uh, is that really what yes, they're going to call yes, them? they're going to call them. I don't know how cats. I feel about that. That's. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't say anything about it. Should they have consulted? They should have consulted. They should have given yeah, me a yeah, call, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. and, and uh, I, yeah, yeah. So so Kierkegaard <laughs> is always interesting. I'm going to just let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zach Matthews is a good coach. I think he's mm -hmm. he, he's still over there at Kearsarge. and you know they had a couple of really strong years when they were in Division Two. Um, when right, Nadnock yeah, yep. and Kearsarge were in Division yeah. Two, where they were playoff teams from the north and uh, were just very physical, so yeah, they look um, like and uh, you know looking at the at the roster real quick, you know they didn't lose much from last year, right? Um, they were, I believe, they, were they a playoff team last year or they were right on the cusp, I believe. Um, but you know, last year there was such a difference between. Campbell and Monadnock. Yeah, and then everybody else. And then even, you know, the next tier of Summersworth and Stevens right. and um, I'm drawing a blank now. Newport. Yeah, you Newport. know, and Interlakes. Um, those teams are all in Division Three again. Well, let's let's give a rundown. There is Campbell yep. and Monadnock, Summersworth, Interlakes, Moultonboro, Epping Newmarket, um, Stevens, Newport, and as we mentioned, Kearsarge, Lebanon, Trinity, Hillsborough, Deering, Hopkinton, and Laconia. Kind of an odd scheduling thing this yeah. year. This all all of their games, all of the Division Three games, are Friday night to open the season hmm. this year, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, Th I think that's going to be kind of a fun division because you know I, I wasn't thinking of it until you just listed all those teams off like that. But 
those are all pretty yeah. good teams, and yeah. a lot. Some of them are teams that have haven't faced each other before, right? You think about, you know, think about Laconia playing Campbell. Yeah, um, yeah. you know that kind of a matchup. Uh, you know, um, I, I don't know. I just it sounds like that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, Campbell at Summersworth to open the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was one of the more highly anticipated games of the regular season last year. Um, Campbell, I mean, ran away with that one. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you've they also ran got away with almost everyone. <laughs> You've also got um, Interlakes Moultonboro at Monadnock on that first Friday to open the year. Yeah. And Epping Newmarket Stevens to open the year. So, you know, I, I mean, I think it's going to be – it's one of those you look at on paper and you say, I really don't know what to think about this because, again, you've got some of the bigger schools, you know, comparatively speaking, yeah. moving down um, into a division where – the smaller schools had better years right. last year than these these schools that had a very good years last right. year. You know, so who you know who really knows? Um, yeah, I, like I said, I think th- I think that's going to be fun. I think there's going to be some really good competition there. Uh, as much as I'm not a, admittedly a big fan of four divisions for New Hampshire, I I do look at that D three structure and say that that could be kind of fun. Um, you know, there's a good ma- another good matchup week one is uh, two former D two teams right off the bat which is Laconia and um, Hillsborough Deering Hopkinton mm-hmm. which is two two pretty good running backs I think matching up there you've got um, Jacob Steele who was all state last year for Laconia and um, I think the guy's name is Colby Quiet for okay Hillsborough Deering well, who's two two also very talented lacrosse players yeah. who met up in last year's division three championship game oh is that right yeah. okay yeah oh, yeah yeah. So that'll be interesting that those th- those two guys should be two of the better backs in the division, uh, in a division with a lot of good backs, yeah, by the way. Both kids um, are, you know, just tremendous athletes. Yeah, um, yeah really, um, really, that, that's kind of, I don't know how much they'll match up against each other, but um, that, that kind of, I, I didn't realize that, that they were both football kids, yeah. too, so. yeah. Now I'm uh, now I'm a little curious about that one. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm sure they won't match up against each other, but, you know, they'll be the... I'm sure those guys will be counting yep. their yardage totals at the uh, end of the game. Of course, Campbell, um, new coach in Glen Costello, but I mean they they barely. I mean they lost good kids, but they didn't lose many good kids. No, um, and of course have Keegan Mills back, who you know did just about everything for them yeah. last year as a sophomore. Um, looks like he's just gotten better, uh, you know, going into this year. Yeah, and then the the team that they played, um, you know, in the championship game, Manadnock. I mean, it's a it's a small roster for Ryan Avery out there, uh, you know. But they returned Tim Hart and Chandler Matson, who were, you know, the the two kind of key cogs there for them, um, and and um, Tim Santaw, the quarterback, who, you know, maybe didn't need to throw as much, or didn't have him throw as much, but could when they wanted him yeah. to. But he could run the ball a little bit too. Yeah, and that d- didn't, but could. Sometimes it's just yeah, as dangerous yeah. as does yeah. because you don't expect it, and then yeah. it hits you. And they're going to come out and bludgeon you 15 plays in a row, and then the minute you get caught sniffing up in there too close, they hit you over the top, you know, with a pretty good throw to a tight end or something, and that's it. It's six points. So yeah, I mean, that not, that's always been their game. It's very similar to Exeter, where you know they might not do it a lot, and then when they do it, it's six points. Uh, any other thoughts on Division Three? No, no, I think, I think th- you know, until we learn a little bit more, that probably about covers it. Speaking of, of learning a little bit more, um, we're not going to really talk about it too much, but the Division Four, um, you know, this year will be Farmington-Newt, Winnesquam, Franklin, Muscoma Valley, Fall Mountain, 
newfound Raymond and Bishop Brady. Yep. You know, of those teams, um, Winnesquam a couple of years ago was undefeated. Yep. In division in the, the division three, lost in the semifinals. I'm uh, not too sure what they've got back this year. Uh, Bishop Brady has kind of been sniffing the playoffs in that old Division Three uh, for a few years. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of years ago they were putting up, you know, tons of points um, with a quarterback who is escaping my name. I know what you're talking about. Um, you're talking about Brady. Yes. Bishop Brady. Um, I believe Johnson was his last name. I yeah, can't think. I can't, I can't think of the first one. I feel like they've had a couple of maybe brothers. Um, They've come through there. Um, I mean, I guess we'll find out. We'll, we'll find it's an eight-team division. Four teams are getting in the playoffs, so there's going to be two rounds. Yeah. Um, championship game the week before everyone else's at Laconia. Um, I, I could go out on a limb here with something. Uh, you sure. Know, I, I read on um, Roger Brown's site uh, the Fall Mountain preview. They've got a ton of kids returning now. Fall Mountain has struggled almost through the last decade but you know in a division like that where one or two guys on a roster coming back can make a difference you could see especially with eight teams four making it you could see fall mountain making the playoffs for i don't know their program history but i can imagine I, I, it's I, I wouldn't say first time ever but maybe first time in a long time yeah yeah um, and that would be kind of fun to see yeah i mean it would be it'll, it would definitely be good for you know, some of these programs to get some wins under them, maybe start to turn the corner, you know, but what happens, you know, let's, what if there's a team in here that, you know, is still losing games 50 to nothing? Yeah. Do they make you know, five divisions? Do, yeah. Do, yeah. Does, at what point is enough enough? Like, can you not just, it, you can't help them anymore. Right. No, I think, you know, what what, you, what I really, I, I say this kind of with a smile on my face, but it really, what I really hope is that, some of the teams that ended up in the lower divisions that the idea was to help them kind of rebuild and, and get some interest back in football and those communities and stuff. You hope that happens. They turn the corner, they get some numbers out and you can get back to three divisions. Yeah. It'd be great yeah. if you could go through a cycle and say, Hey, wow, look at, look at all these teams that pulled themselves up or Let's just get back bump them back up and move someone else down right, that maybe right, is has now them. in that, in that yep. position. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, well, there's only one way to find out. Yeah. So, of course, uh, we've still got probably about, well, as we record this, 10 days to go, nine days uh, when you listen to this, until the start of the season. Of course, August 31st is the opening night, uh, Friday night of football season here in New Hampshire. Uh, before we get to that, though, this Friday we have the Queen City Jamboree yep. uh, Gill Stadium. There are other jamborees going on around the state, as we mentioned. You know, Hanover is hosting, hosting one tonight. Kingswood has one later in the week. Um, but I think Fridays is the one where it gets the most interest because it's in Manchester. That's the crown. You know, you, you've yeah, yeah, you've got more um, a good amount of Division One, a little, a few more Division Two teams in there this year. Um, you know, and that's kind of where I think uh, a lot of eyes will be. Um, you know, come Friday night, and it's uh, I think it's shaping up to be a pretty good one. Yeah, I know it opens with Trinity West. Um, and I think the next and game then Goffstown and Timberlane play. Tim, yeah, Timberlane Goffstown. Um, you know, and then you have Milford Concord, which um, that'll be an interesting. Really, match, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really curious to see, you know, what what that looks like. Um, haven't heard too much about Concord, uh, um, and, and and from what I gauge, neither have many of the coaches and the you know that no. are playing them. Um, not to this point, at least, and 
I'm uh, sure Coach Brown likes it that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think everybody, every coach likes yeah. it that way, doesn't Keep it yeah. quiet. Keep below the radar. Yeah. Uh, following that, you got Sauhegan at Manchester Central, which um, – I think I said to you earlier. That'll take two hours. Yeah, that one. That one will probably <laughs> put the the jamboree about forty five minutes behind. Yeah. Uh, f- I'm I'm gonna estimate probably about 50, 50 passes by each team <laughs> in a, in a half. Maybe Coach Ray will keep it under his hat. He thinks that nobody knows who Alex Hockham is. Yeah. He'll, well, I don't I don't even think he played in the jamboree last year. Is that right? I don't I remember. Think, I don't think that he did because yeah. I remember a lot of people asking. Yeah, where's that kid? Yeah, where's that yeah. kid? Who's that kid? Uh, of course, and then Salem at Bedford. That's um, an awesome matchup. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see what um, you know what Salem looks like. Um, they, you know, they lost a lot of kids, but you know, um, talking to to Rob Pike last week, that they are pretty confident. In the Still kids pretty excited. Basically, they're looking at the kids this year as you know what these kids have been waiting their turn, and they're you know they're pretty hungry to yeah. get going. Cut them loose. Yeah. Um, and then the the to top it off, you got Bishop Girton and Manchester Memorial. Coach Trishiani's uh, opening up against yeah. his former team. It'll be. Um, I I don't know what to think of that one. I'm I'm. I imagine that the, you know the. I think the crowd will be probably be pretty good yeah. just because it's a Manchester school. Two um, brand new coaches. Yeah, yeah. How it goes exactly might be might be rough to rough to watch. Yeah. Um, I'll get a lot of my notes figured out by that point. Yeah. I guess. Uh, no, it should be a very good night. Um, I don't know. Any other final thoughts before we uh, we say goodbye for week number two of the preseason? I don't think so. The closer we're getting, the more exciting it's getting, right? Because I think the coaches and the kids have put in a lot of hard work to this point. We've just talked about how even some of these divisions look at this point um, in terms of competitiveness. So I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to the next couple months. It should be a blast. You know, this week it feels more real. I think the late start, the weather last week was kind of a – a damper, yeah, um, starting the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now that we're into week number two, teams are getting some scrimmages in. You know, this is Jamboree's coming up. School starts for some places next week. Yeah, it's. I think it's real. Yeah, it's going to be very soon. Yeah. Well, he is Mike Lockman. Uh, Mike, thanks again for joining me. Well, uh, looking forward to to next week and talking about some actual games. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm Joe Marcellina. Uh, you can check out more football coverage at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, thanks for listening.